Hey true crime fans, welcome back to Murder on the Map. I'm your host Taylor, and before I get into the show today, I want to let you know that I'm going to be announcing a giveaway soon on my Instagram, but I wanted all of you who listen to the show to hear it first. We're almost to my personal goal in show reviews, and once we hit it, I'm going to be giving away a $50 Visa gift card on my Instagram. So to enter, please rate and review my show on whichever platform you're listening on right now. If your platform doesn't have reviews, like Spotify, please follow me on Instagram at TaylorBTalks and DM me to let me know that you came from the show. For today's case, I'm going to talk about a murder that you've probably heard of. It went super viral on TikTok during the height of the pandemic. It happened in Washington State, and these are the stories of the murders of Austin Winter and Jessica Lewis. Back in June of last year, I was scrolling through TikTok like I have pretty much every single day since the pandemic happened, probably like most of y'all. I came across a video posted from a user called A Henry, who turned out to be an 18-year-old guy from Seattle, Washington. In the video, Henry and his friends come across a suitcase on some rocks on a beach. I was thinking that it was super sketchy right off the bat because my crime junkie brain goes there, but a wet-looking suitcase washed up on rocks is of course going to look weird to anyone. And then because I'm a Capricorn, my, oh, this is totally fake mindset set in. There's so much fake stuff on TikTok and like, you know, people are doing things for likes and views, but the more I watched, the more I was totally convinced that it was real. And it turns out that it was. For those of you who haven't seen the video, let me set it up for you. There's an app called Random Nautica that gained a lot of popularity during the pandemic. It's an app that's advertised as the world's first quantum leap generated choose your own adventure game. I actually downloaded the app after finding this video, so I've been too scared to go on any of my own adventures because while I host a true crime podcast, I would literally be the worst person to find a dead body because I would probably die of shock or fear or something like that, and then we would have two dead bodies that no one was discovering. Um, So I'm sure that a lot of you have heard of geocaching, which is like treasure hunting in a way that you're out looking for a certain thing and there's normally a puzzle to complete. Um, It's kind of like a scavenger hunt set up as a game for people to play. Basically, it was really, really popular. I think like when I was in college, like 2009, 2010. But I think my sister and her husband still do it. So there are still people out there who play it. This app is different though, because it's all done with manifestation. And if you haven't heard of manifestation, it's the idea that if you think of something strongly enough and like really believe that it will happen or that it will come true, the idea is that your energy attracts like-minded energy. So it will attract good things into your life by manifesting them. So how it works with the app is that you're supposed to imagine something that you wanna see. Maybe the answers to something that's going on in your love life, or you want to find something paranormal, or you want to be creeped out. Whatever it is that you want to come across, you're supposed to try to manifest it, and then the app tells you a location to go to. 
And sometimes when people go, they've actually come across things that I don't know if they're coincidences or, you know, if it's like staged or it actually does work and they're manifesting these things. It's one of those kind of things where like a very small percentage of the time it works and then when it does, we're like, wow, this is so cool. But most of the time, nothing really happens with it. So once the app gives you the coordinates, people start their adventure. And the thing to do with Random Nautica has been to film yourself going to the coordinates for TikTok. The app is apparently programmed with quantum physics and spirituality in mind, which don't really know how you can program spirituality, but interesting. For example, some people have manifested things that are just like unexplainable. They've come across like an armchair sitting alone in a field and another girl had asked for guidance. So she ended up coming across a mirror that said, it's your time. And even though that all sounds super cool, we have no way to verify that these things are actually true. But what happened with the app in this case is just wild, and it honestly solved a true crime case. So back to the story of Henry and his friends. In Seattle, Washington on June 19th, 2020, there was a group of teenagers that were random nodding and filming it for TikTok. So the app ended up taking them to the 1100 block of Alki Avenue along Elliott Bay in Seattle. And this is the point like in the main waterfront and it's right in front of Pike Place Market, which if you've been to Seattle or even if you haven't really, if you're familiar with Starbucks, they have a Pike Place blend coffee. So Pike Place is honestly like a super tourist attraction. It's very famous. There's a lot of people here all the time. And I honestly can't believe these teenagers were the first people to come across the suitcase. At one point they go down by the water and they realize that they found the suitcase on these rocks. And you can find the video still around some places on the internet. Um, I'll put a link to the YouTube video, but it did get removed from TikTok at the request of the victim's families. In the video, you can tell that the kids are super stoked that they actually found something because the whole point of this app is to go viral by having a cool experience and being able to share it on TikTok. But when they went up closer to the suitcase and started to try to unzip it, they could smell that something was decaying inside. They ended up using a stick to kind of like poke at the suitcase and flip it open and when they did it was filled with gray garbage bags that were all like weirdly separated and lumpy when they saw it they were pretty freaked out and you could hear them in the video being like oh my god over and over and what is this and like i said right away i thought it was a dead body and i thought it was possible that they were faking this but why would someone go to the extent to fake it and it also just looked so real their reactions were so real as well like i don't think that there's any way anyone could have acted those so i wasn't surprised later on when we found out that there were two bodies in the suitcase and luckily the teenagers in the video didn't mess with the suitcase any further because that would have been really bad they called the police right away and the police actually took a couple of hours to get there they've actually caught a lot of criticism for that but of course they didn't know what was in the suitcase all they're hearing is that there's a suitcase washed up on the beach, so they didn't necessarily get a report that there was a dead body found. But when the police finally did get there, they found out that there were indeed two bodies in the suitcase. Because the video had gone so viral on TikTok and people were wondering if it was real, police had to make a public statement about it. They confirmed that there were two bodies in there and that a group of teenagers playing on a phone app had actually come across it by accident. So through police work and just a lot of various online chatter, it's figured out that all of this actually happened the day before it was posted to TikTok. The teenagers waited a whole day to post it, and honestly, I'm surprised that they even ended up posting it. It's very weird that a decision um, was made to post it and that police didn't ask them to not post it, but they did. And honestly, I guess it's sort of a good thing because 
If they didn't, I'm not as uh, sure that like as many eyes would have been on it. I probably would have never even heard about it. So at least there is, you know, good publicity that came from it. Since the TikTok was originally posted, we found out a lot of information about the case. Obviously, these remains were taken in for identification and they were able to identify them. The remains belong to two people. One of them is named Austin Winter and he was 27 years old and the other was 35-year-old Jessica Lewis. And this is very scary and sad and kind of gross, but it was discovered that they were both shot and dismembered before being put into the suitcases. So let me go over what information is available on Austin and Jessica. Austin went by the name Cash or Cash Money, and according to a social media post, he went to Kent High School. These two had been in a relationship for eight years, which is obviously a really long time, especially considering that Austin is only 27. Their family members said that they had been through a lot of shit in the last eight years and had had tough times, but they'd stuck together through it all, and that they had a really strong relationship. Those who knew Jessica said that she was a beautiful person inside and out. She was described as being a ray of sunshine, very friendly, and smiled a lot, so her friends and family said she was really caring and loving towards other people. She was also a mom to four kids, and I wasn't able to figure out their exact ages and there's no articles or information about them, but they're all on the older side. Two of them appear to have already graduated high school and one's in middle school, and then the youngest is old enough to know what's going on with this whole thing. At the time, Jessica was working at a place called Laura's Adult Family Home, and it's assisted a living facility for people with disabilities and honestly, you have to respect people who work with disabilities. It requires a lot of patience and you have to be a pretty special person. Austin's mom described him as being a wonderful person as well. She said he was really faithful and loving. Apparently he loved the outdoors and he loved to camp, loved trucks and dogs. He was a big music fan and of course he was hugely into Jessica and loved her and his family. There's a few articles that said he was a father but there's essentially no information on his child anywhere. I'm sure a lot of you will end up looking up Austin Winter, and if you do, there you'll find that there's someone in the area named Austin Winter who also has a drug possession charge at some point. We can't confirm whether this was Austin from this crime, and there's been some chatter online about his uh, history with the West Seattle police that specifically commented on it, and the police said that he had a couple of misdemeanor charges, but they were all really minor things. Like, at one point, he was walking, and he crossed during a red light to the cross street, and a cop stopped him for doing that. Another time, a cop found out that he had a shaved key, and a shaved key can be used for carjacking, so he was arrested for that as well. I don't know why this is such a talked about topic online because like he got murdered what does it have to do with if he has drug possession charges or not the king county medical examiner said that they had been shot a few days before the bodies were found and what's really weird is that jessica was actually found with a few pieces of grass in her mouth which we have no idea how she ended up with that um maybe it's possible that she was shot while she was running away and she fell into the grass when she was shot but I'm not exactly what sure what happened, and I think that's really weird. Also, it's been pointed out, it's kind of surprising how the remains were found. Like, they weren't hidden very well, and it doesn't seem like the person who hid them really wanted them to stay hidden too long. So, it was brought up, like, online. Uh, did the person who killed them want them to be found? Want to make a statement to the family members? Something like that. At one point, the family members were running a GoFundMe, hoping to raise enough to investigate this further and figure out who did it. And recently, we've gotten a big update that the killer has been found. 
I'm going to tell you more about that in a second, but if you do want to donate to their family, I'm sure they can still use the funds because Jessica left behind four kids, and I'm sure they could use the extra help paying for things for the kids, with funeral expenses, everything like that. I'll be making a donation from the podcast, and I'll also put a link to the GoFundMe in the show notes. So having this go viral on TikTok is kind of bittersweet for the family. Of course, they're grateful, first of all, to the kids that found the suitcase so the case was able to be solved, and also grateful for the attention and public support that they have received. However, it's really upsetting to have a video of your family member online. I mean, Jessica has kids, and Austin apparently has a kid too, and you don't want them to have to live forever with that on the internet. So the families have begged for the people who originally uploaded the TikTok to take it down. And for a while, it was still up. But last I checked, I believed it's been taken down because I couldn't find it anywhere. But let me know if I'm wrong on that and you guys come across it. It's not totally clear exactly when the two victims died. Some articles say that it was June 16th, um, but there are some articles that say that it could be as far back as June 10th. It makes more sense to me that they were killed on the 16th because the medical examiner did say that they had probably been shot just a few days before they were found. And that would be three days before they were found. So when people were trying to solve this case, police first looked into the uploaders of the TikTok. Were they possibly involved in it or did they know that their remains were there? And they quickly cleared them and said that the kids had nothing to do with this. Then of course, they were wondering about the creators of the app. Did they somehow know that the remains were there and led people to them? However, police looked into this further and actually talked to the developers of the app and determined that it was in no way connected. It was a complete coincidence, but I guess you could say that that's the app working and that's manifestation in action, but I don't know for sure. Everyone has their own personal opinions about that. Another thing that the police thought was really weird is that Jessica was shot seven times and Austin was only shot once. People think that Austin may have been a casualty to Jessica and maybe this person was just going after Jessica and he, Austin had witnessed it and they didn't want to have a witness, so... um, they shot Austin as well, but to shoot someone seven times shows a lot of anger and passion. So police are wondering if this was an ex-boyfriend or maybe someone that she was actively fighting with. On August 19th, we actually found out that it was their landlord that killed them. His name is Michael Lee Dudley, and he was charged on August 24th with two counts of second-degree murder in connection with the deaths, and so they definitely have strong evidence on him to charge him right out of the gate. His bail is set at $5 million. All of the information didn't come out immediately, and a motive wasn't immediately clear, but it ended up that it was a rent dispute. Apparently, they were living in a house that Michael owned, and they couldn't afford their rent, which was $1,500 a month. They kept struggling to pay it, and they were often fighting with Michael over it. Also, Michael is claiming that they were stealing from him and that they locked him out of the house in the past. Unfortunately for him, though, those aren't good reasons to kill somebody or even two people and then try to get away with it. So Michael ended up explaining to the police that on June 9th, the three of them got into a really big argument over him saying that they needed to move out. He wasn't happy with Jessica and Austin as tenants. He told them that they actually needed to leave right then, didn't give them any notice or anything, and they got in a huge fight. But on that day when they were fighting, a neighbor actually overheard Austin say to Michael, please don't do this, just let me leave. When police searched the house, they actually found blood and bullets in the couple's room, which is weird because that means that the crime was committed inside, so why does Jessica have the grass in her mouth? 
there's literally no information or it's never really talked about anymore why Jessica had the grass in her mouth, but it's something that still really bothers me and I'm hoping that as the case develops, because it is still early on, that uh, we will hear more about that. So far, there haven't been any other suspects named, but it is possible that Michael had help and police are considering that he could have had help at least disposing the bodies. Um, when it comes to Michael, he had a really shady past. He wasn't a nice guy and then did this out of nowhere. He's actually extremely sketchy. Um, his ex-girlfriend, Marlis Gordon, had come forward to say some things about Michael and it paints him in a really bad light. Um, I was going to try to recap it verbally for you guys, but I actually found an audio clip from a Seattle news broadcaster um, with a great interview from her. So I'm going to play that clip for you now. Their bodies were found in a suitcase and bags on a beach in West Seattle, and now their landlord is charged with their murders. Thanks for joining us. I'm Joyce Taylor. Court documents say that Michael Dudley wanted Jessica Lewis and Austin Wenner to move out, but they wouldn't. In June, neighbors heard arguing and gunshots. Well, tonight, King 5's Britt Moore spoke exclusively with a woman who says she knows just how violent Dudley could be. I still can't comprehend that he would even be capable of, of doing this. I, that is beyond me. Marlis Gordon says she was in a relationship with Michael Dudley on and off between 2002 and 2016. I was shocked at what he did to me and can still see the, the evil in his face that I had never seen before. Dudley was arrested and booked into King County Jail on Wednesday in connection to the murder of 36-year-old Jessica Lewis and 27-year-old Austin Winner, whose remains were found in bags along Alki Beach. Dudley has not been formally charged. Gordon says the news brings up tough memories. She started to hit me and grab my hair and grab my head and my hair and he threw me on the floor and and hit my head into the hardwood floor and then he was throwing me around and threw me and my stuff out on his patio, out, out the door and on his patio and then came out and hit my head into the patio and did that with one hand and he was holding a gun in his other hand. An incident in 2016 where Dudley was arrested and charged with assault. My heart goes out to the families hugely. Now processing what's happened, she says she's lucky she made it out. You know, oh, they always say that about somebody that, oh, you don't expect them to, you know, this this doesn't seem like something they would do or, but now I'm the one saying that. Britt Moore, King 5 News. Also interesting to note about Michael is that he was arrested and charged with assault in 2016. Apparently, he has a lot of friends and knows a lot of people, so even though his bail is set at $5 million, his ex-girlfriend is worried that he has enough connections that he might be able to rally some donations and round up the $5 million to be bailed out. He was formerly charged in King County Superior Court on Tuesday, September 8th. He was led into court in handcuffs and the charges were formally read. His trial was set to start at 1 p.m. on October 1st, 2020, but as of February 2021, the trial has not begun. 
He currently remains in King County Jail on $5 million bail. Hopefully there will be justice for Jessica and Austin soon. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Murder on the Map. Remember that you can donate to Austin and Jessica's family at the GoFundMe link in the show notes. There's also links to all of the sources I used for today's show. Our theme music was composed by Tim Beak. Find more of his stuff at timbeak.com. Murder on the Map is a radio-free Roscoe production. If you have a case you'd like for me to cover from your state, please DM me on Instagram at taylorbtalks or Murder on the Map. I'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Thank you.